for sure that you were destined to die alone and in sin. How depressing would it feel? To know that, that you spent your whole life doing whatever you wanted to do, but at the end of it, you were going to die and be alone. What are some great things that you've done in your life with no help from anyone else? That's an interesting question. Because some of us might fool ourselves and think that we've done a lot by ourselves. But in reality, in life, anything that's ever been done that was great had many hands to get done. Right? It took many people to get it done. For anything, even in your own personal life, things that you've done great in your own personal life, that, 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 that promotion you got, it was just because you were so awesome that you got the promotion. There, it, it came from conversations or from learning from somebody else. So there's always this, this sense of, of more than one person settling in or helping out to achieve a, a, a greater goal, right? Who would you be without the people you come in contact with in your life? Who would you, each individually yourself, be without the people that you've come in contact with in your life? Would you be the same person? Would you be the same person? Or would you, or would you be some, some, somebody completely unrecognizable? Today, I, I want to embark on the importance of the connections you make with other believers. How, is it, how, how important it is to completing God's goals, but also com being fulfilled in our own lives. And how important it is to be connected to the body of Christ, where that is the church. So we're in Hebrews 19, or Hebrews 10, sorry, starting at verse 19. I want to read it one more time for emphasis. Therefore, brethren, you having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for if he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to, oh, is, is faithful, sorry, period there, and let us consider one another, one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Again, belonging to the body. The, this passage of scripture is kind of deep, right? Because it brings parallels from the Old Testament into the New and allows us to highlight what the church really is. So when we talk about in verse 19, therefore brethren having boldness to enter the holiest, the holiest by the blood of Jesus, it's important to know that there was a time where we couldn't enter into the presence of God. We couldn't go to God on, on behalf of ourselves to get rid of sin. We had to go through the high priest. But it was because of the blood of Jesus. It's because Jesus sacrificing his life on the cross for our sins that we have an opportunity to go to Jesus on our behalf, to go to God on our behalf for our, for our sins. Amen. For sermons that we, we can leave. Because that right there is the only good news that any one of us really needs to hear. That we have an opportunity to cleanse ourselves of our sins because Christ died on the cross for our sins. That's a five-minute sermon that, that, that is amazing in and of itself. But there's so much more that's said in the scripture. 
by a new living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. In the Old Testament, what, what happened when Jesus, not in the Old Testament, in, in the New Testament, we're describing Jesus' crucifixion. What happened when he died on the cross? The veil was torn. But the veil was almost a separation from, every, from the outside to the inside where God was. So if the veil, the scripture says, he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, his flesh now becomes the veil. So now it is through him that we are able to, to have access to God. So in that, knowing that Christ died on the cross for our sins allows us to go to God for ourselves. And you, you, a little deeper into it, right? So that in of itself is amazing. To know that we have the opportunity to have access to God. That's the reason why we're all here, right? We all, we're all able to be here because of the access we, we now have to God through Christ. We have access to Christ now. We have access to God now. But does, does that mean that we stop there? As Christians, do we stop there? Do we stop at having access to God? No, not at all. Because what would, what would be the point of, you know, I can get inside the house, but when I, I leave the house right after, and I don't, I don't, you know, before the temple was some, a place that people went to, and then they left after they got their sins rolled back, right? So was that really like a, a fulfilling thing to know that you, you got your sins rolled back, but you had to come back, you had to come back, you had to come back? Whereas now we have the blessing that God allows us to, to be in the presence of God all the time. All we have to do is live in, live in him. Live according to his standard and we can be in God all the time. That's it. That's it. I, didn't even start, I didn't even start talking about what belonged to the body. I, well, I did, but I didn't really get to the main focus of the lesson. But just that in of itself is deep because we have the, we have the access to the greatest force to ever exist, that will ever exist. God, the one who created it all, the one who created us, who knows the ins and outs of us. He knows our, he knows our purpose before we even were even conceived or born. See, I said here, and I kind of touched on this, but the, 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 it's, it's beautiful how the Hebrew writer was able to draw the parallels between the Old Testament and New Testament to allow us to see the real blessing that we have now. Because... It's not, only, it's not until you understand what was before that you can really appreciate what is now. You know, we, we take our access for granted because we don't really understand that before, like, we didn't have the privilege that we do have now. So when you understand, the, the, when you understand where, how it was before and understand that, that the sin was just rolled back, it wasn't forgiven, it wasn't washed away, it wasn't until Christ died on the cross that our sins are washed away. When you understand, like, if Kingdom died on the cross, we, we kind of out of luck. We're kind of out of luck because when the time run out, time run out. If you don't understand that, then it's going to be mighty hard for you to, to get, like, the blessing that we have in Christ. Amen. And it really is a blessing because the blessing is, is allowing us to be washed of our sins and having the opportunity to, if we mess up, we, have, we, have, we don't have to wait a year to, to get it forgiven. We can go to God right now and get it right. And that's a blessing. So th that's, that's, that's the opening line. That's, that's the opening line. That's, that's the opening privilege to belong to the body. I know some of y'all are like, well, what I got to do already? I'm like, I didn't even get to like, the main crest of what I'm trying to talk about. But as we, as we get deeper into the scripture and having a high priest over the house of God, Amen. a high priest back in the day, he was just a man. Mm -hmm. He was a re regular man. He, probably, he had sins just like everybody else did. 
So so how could how could his how could his 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 words ever truly save us? But we got a new high priest in Christ who is perfect. We know he died on the cross, but he's still living. He's still alive. So for us, we have we have somebody who who ain't never died, who's perfect, will never ask us to do something that he won't do himself. That's who we have as a high priest now. That's who we have interceding for us now. Whereas before, they had, they had someone who was corrupt before. Now we got somebody who's incorruptible. <laughs> blessings, blessings on blessings. So as, so as, we, as we continue to go in the scripture and read even more, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Everybody just heard what I just said about Christ and about God and all the awesome things about him, right? These are all reasons to draw near to God. And if you don't have a relationship with God, these are all reasons to, to want to be in a relationship with God. So as, as, we think, as we think about what I just said so, so far, do you have a desire to have a relationship with God? Or do you just come because someone keep, someone keeps bugging you to come to church? Which you, they say, come on, you just come one time, one time. And you're like, oh, I'm going to come one time so you can stop bothering me. <laughs> or is your reason for coming here because you actually want a relationship with God? Because hearing all the goodness and all the good things that God has done should want us to become into a relationship with God. And it should draw us near. And understanding that, I know some people might say sprinkle, sprinkle. No, it's, it's I think that's also an important part to read because it's also a reason for why we the baptism that we talk about is full body because he says sprinkle the heart, but then he says our bodies washed. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> bodies washed. You know, if, you, if you ever got a, if you ever took a good you know like one of them good baths. I'm not talking about I'm I'm not talking about a shower. I'm talking about a good bath where you where you got in the tub and you have the water you just scrub you scrubbing away a good wash if you didn't get water all over your body you ain't you ain't really wash it so that great right so when we talking about a good wash we talking about God when you go in baptism you coming up a new creation because God has washed you of all your sins and then some of us you gotta get behind your ears you come to church but you ain't you ain't never washed behind the ears spiritually speaking right. And once you do that, then, then all you got to do is hold fast to the confession. So now you, you believe that Jesus did all, you, you believe that Jesus did all this. You believe that God is who he says he is. You believe in the standard that he set for us. But are you holding fast to it? That means when, when life gets tough, when life gets rough, are you, are you holding on to that truth and letting that carry you through your situations? Because that would change the way you act in, in your situations. And trust and believe, no matter how long you've been a Christian, there's always something that's going to test your faith. So holding true to the, to, to the faith, holding true to God is what's going to determine whether or not we stay with God or we, or we, we, we fall away. But not just that. The real purpose of this lesson, everything I said is, is really awesome and it's amazing. It's of, it's of importance. But the real point of my lesson today starts from verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
Look to your left and look to your right. Your brothers and sisters are some of the most important people to your progression as a Christian that you will ever be able to understand. Being a Christian alone is a scary thing. And there's quite a few things that kind of like influenced me or inspired me to make this lesson. One of them, thing, one of, one of them was the song, I Need You. I don't know how many of you heard the song, I Need You. I Need You to Survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> for so long, I felt like I was listening to it and thinking that like, he's talking about God. But then you listen to the, the lyrics, he's talking about his brothers and his sisters. He says, I need you to survive. Without your brothers or your sisters, it's be awfully hard to be a Christian. And then there's another thing. I feel like God was just working because then I seen, uh, I was on Instagram, I seen a reel, and the guy was talking about, Oh, we are the church. The church is in us. So if the church is in us, why I gotta go to the why I go to to, to religious to, to a place? Why I go to a church? I can I can I can worship in myself. And I'm thinking like, wow, the Christians are probably gonna be like, what are you talking about? This, 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 this. But for a a bulk of people in the world, that's their opinion. That's how they see it. They see it as if I've got if we are the church, then why I gotta go to a building? You're right, the church, we are the church. And we do go to a church building. But the importance is not the place, the importance is the people. The importance is being able to be amongst people that are like-minded, that can help you get a recharge. Because throughout the week, you're gonna be drained of your Christian. And you're gonna need people that can help recharge you throughout the week. Because without them, how are you gonna survive? So this lesson is, it's kind of one where, where it's near and dear to my heart because personally, when the times of life come where you're being tried or you're being tested or you're being tempted and you're by yourself, Satan's saying, easy money. <laughs> Satan's saying, this is, I got them because they have nobody to help them. They have nobody to help them get through, the, get, get through what they're going through. So he's looking at them like, I, haven't got, I, can, I can only do it one little thing and I'm good. I got them. But lo and behold, when you have that trying moment, that trying time, and you got a, a congregation of brothers and sisters that love you and got your back, and, and then everybody come out the works to help you out, Satan's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> This is more than what I, what I bargained for. I thought it was just his, bro, his brother or sister by himself. I called one by themselves. But then I didn't know he was going to call Joe Schmo and everybody in the congregation to help him out. Like, this is a different. Didn't, I didn't want this. Because when you have a congregation of brothers and sisters who can have your back, it changes the outcome of how you see the situation. Because now, when you're by yourself, you're thinking these thoughts in your head because the devil is, like, talking to you, right? He's like, you know People don't care about you. You know, they don't love you. Come on, come on. You, all you got to do is just do this just one time and I got you. And, and it, then he really got you. <laughs> but then when you have these thoughts, these minds, and, and you can go to your brother and sister, and it could be just one person in your congregation, and you're able to be honest to that brother and sister and be like, I'm really struggling with this. Like, and, I, I, like, and you're able to be honest, right? Then that brother or that sister, therefore, can, can encourage you and, 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 re, and reinvigorate you. Or if they don't have the spirit in them to do it because they're going through their own stuff, they can point you to somebody else who, who has the spirit to do that. But it's important to understand that, that when you try to fight the devil alone, you're going to lose. For the longest time, I myself would was, was be like, 
that oh, come on, what's up? I got you, I got you. I'm ready to fight any moment. No, I'm not. <laughs> because he'll show you that you're not as smart as you think you are. Because the moment that you think, well, I can handle the devil, I know enough scripture to handle the devil, the devil is going to work around you what you know to get you. He's not going to go with the things that you're strong in. He's going to go with the things that, you, that, you, that he knows are your weaknesses so that he can exploit your weaknesses. The devil is a master, is a master swordsman. He, can see, he, he knows every weakness of you, and he's going to attack you right, at every weakness. So that's why it's important that we have brothers and sisters where, that's, where they're, 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 our weaknesses are their strengths. So then I can lean on them, and they can lean on me so that we, in, in times of conflict, in times of temptation or, or trials, we can lean on each other so we can help each other get through the battle. But if we, if we, if we have no connections, if we have no, no body we talk to, then when the trials of life comes our way, it's going to be so easy to just falter and fall because there's nothing holding us up. There's no one there to hold us up. And while I'm on that, that subject, on that, I'm on that topic, I think it's important also for us to understand the difference between a deep relationship and a surface one. Because what happens in church is that, how you doing, my brother? How you doing, my sister? And you have surface relationships, surface things, and really, they are all right. But a surface relationship is not going to save you from the wiles of the devil. Having surface level connections will, will not help you beat what the devil has for you. Because, to be honest, the conversations we need to have in order for us to beat the devil are deep ones. A lot of, a lot of those are things that we are ashamed of, that he, that he attacks us at. So if he's attacking us with things that we are ashamed of and we don't feel comfortable talking to somebody, how are they ever going to help us? So as Christians, we have to get to the point where we find somebody. Mm -hmm. And this is real. I feel like sometimes we think as Christians, we got to be friends with everybody. We got to be close friends with everybody. That's not nature. That's not how, we, that's not how life works. You're not going to be close to everybody because you're not going to click the same with everybody. So you have to find your people who, who, who you can get close with, who you can click with, so that in those times you have somebody you can go to and be honest with. And if you can't be honest with somebody, then it's like, okay, then you understand that's a surface level relationship, connection. It's a good, it's a positive one because you never know how life will work and how life, life might change. And we may not be close now, but 10 years from now, we might get close then. But at my, at my point right now, I understand that I need deep connections. So I go with people I need deep connections with, but also being open to future ones. Right? So what I'm saying is these deep connections are going to give us people that we can rely on and lean on in times of stress and in times of, of, of need. Because when, you, when you're going through something and you have nobody, you begin to feel alone. And when you feel alone, you feel like nobody cares about you. And when you feel like nobody cares about you, you start to, you start to think nobody in church loves me. So you start to think, why am I going to church if nobody there loves me? And then, so, you, so you start hitting or miss. You say, I'm going for the sermon. And then you start going for the sermon, and then after a while of just going for the sermon, you, you start missing more and more and more, and you just drop out of church. Why do you drop out of church? Because you had no connections in the church. So now you, you drifted, you gone, because you had nobody who would help you through your trying situations. What I'm trying to tell you, my brothers and my sisters, is that connections are important because they are what keeps us grounded in the church. That's why the Hebrew writer said, don't forsake the assembly. Because in doing so, you're not having anything to tether you to the body. Have you considered how important we are to one another? Have you really thought about it? 
Have you really meditated on it? What would I do without my brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so? What would I do without them? They always thinking of me. They always got my back. We ought to consider how we can inspire and influence one another to do good and how we can show each other love. One of the, one of the easiest ways that we can build connections with one another is showing love. It takes absolutely nothing at all to say, my brother, even, even if it's, you like the way they dress, I like your shoes, my brother, that's showing love. Oh, I, I, like, I like that prayer that you did today, that's showing love. And you never, know, you never know where the conversation can lead just off of that one topic or that one subject. But showing love can, can, can encourage your brothers and sisters all the more. Yeah. Because now I got a little encouragement, even if it's just about something as simple as shoes. And now as times come on when that, when that brother or sister is going through something, they may feel like, oh, I'm comfortable talking to you because I know we've had surface level conversations in, 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 in the past. So what I'm saying is like, whereas I said we need deep connections, the surface level connections are important because they allow people to feel comfortable talking to us. So now if I'm able to show love and encouragement on a surface level, then people will open up for me to do that on a deeper level. So as Christians, we need to be doing that all the time. We need to be showing surface level love and, 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 and encouragement all the time so that when the opportunity presents itself, we have a door and a footing to offer deeper connection and deeper love and deeper encouragement. Making sense? So the next point is, in verse 26, we're talking about forsaking the assembly, or do not forsake, or do not forsake the assembly. Assembling together is something that we should put off. No, no, assembling together is, is something that we shouldn't put off. Sorry. You know, don't. <laughs> it is not, so it's something that we, sh we should not put off assembling together. Why? I think I, I kind of outlined that, but also it's energy. It's energy. How many times have you, it happened before I even came up, the energy behind the soul. And how it, people, people were happy to stand up. Usually people, you know, sometimes you ask people to stand up, they're like. <laughs> <laughs> they start bracing for things because they, I'm, but it's different when, you, when, when, when energy's there and everybody wants to stand up. Or, or, or the energy's there and people start standing up just because the energy's there. But, but watch this now. You feel like it was not important for you to come to church because you're like, what, what, what can I even offer? But. Even as something as simple as this, you came to church one Sunday, you offered your voice. You wasn't even the loudest voice in the audience, but it contributed to something that was greater than yourself. And in, in doing that, the song that was being sung in that particular moment was more livelier that day, had, 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 a, had a brighter energy that day. And in that, the song having that brighter energy that day, somebody was in the audience, and that song therefore convicted that person. And in convicting that person, that person realized there was something in them that they needed to get right. So, and then after, after that, after the sermon, now the sermon comes after, and then they, they get reinforcement on that. And then after that, they, they get their life together because it just started with you offering something in, in a service of song. So what I'm saying to us is that we look at our role in, in, in terms of church as being insignificant, but sometimes there's significance in the insignificant. Sometimes it is the little, it, sometimes it's, it's a little pinky toe that you put in. 
that can determine what the foot does. And if you didn't know that, break your little pinky toe, see how it affects how you walk. So don't look at yourself as saying, what can I offer, but just offer whatever you have. Even if it is uh, something that you feel may be insignificant, you don't know who, who might find significance in your significant seed. So we have to be able to open our eyes to understand that as Christians, we're given all that we have because we never know what God can do with the little that we do have. We ought to have some desire to meet with each other. There ought to be some fervor for meeting. You ought to be anticipating Sunday morning, anticipating worship, anticipating the singing the song, anticipating call to worship. What call to worship? Whatever the brother's saying, you loud, <laughs> you bold with, 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 with the call to worship because you, 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 you in it. You in the worship. The energy's there. We should be encouraging one another, being there for one another, motivating each other as we go through our individual journeys. Watch this. How many of us want somebody to encourage us and motivate us. Everybody, everybody's like, I need, I want somebody, I, I like people who gas me up. I like people who, who butter me up and tell me, tell, oh, you, you look good today, my brother. You, oh, that, that, that sermon, my brother. We all want the, we all want the encouragement. We all want to feel good. We all want, we want to be, we all, we all want to be pushed for greatness, right? But how many of us are doing the pushing for others? What is the importance of coming to, to the assembly? We ought to be in, in encouraging, moving other people for greatness. Because God, and, and look, look at this right now. There's a standard that God set when he sent his son down across for our sins. And he, sent, and he sent the word, the word. All the words in, in, in the Bible, there's a standard that God has been setting for us, right? Is that an easy standard to attain? Absolutely not. That's why we need to motivate and encourage each other to hit those standards because I'm motivating my brother or my sister and now they can do something great that's going to edify the entire body. Again, another point is how crazy would it be if the pinky said to the whole body, I'm a part of the body but I don't want to be with the body. I'm a part of the body but I'd much rather be at home in my bed chilling. <laughs> and the pinky said, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just going to go off. <laughs> Y'all looking at me like, what? <laughs> it's ludicrous. It's absolutely, you, you can't even imagine it because it's, it sounds so crazy. But this is what happens every day. <laughs> we have people who say, I'm a part of the church, I'm a part of the body. But I just can't, I don't feel like being with the body. I feel like being a, a far off from body because I want to be, I want to have my own space. Could you imagine a pinky laid up, laid up in the bed? Say, so I, I want my own space. Again, again, it's a crazy thought, but this is what happens. We have a kingdom that God has set forth and has, and has instituted. And we have people who say, I want to explore the kingdom myself. Not knowing that without the rest of the body, your position is in vain. Without the rest of the body, what can you even do? You're a pinky. 
and it's some, something that something that, as big as the leg. If I had my whole leg and I took my whole leg off, again something that's imaginable, in, in the circumstance because I have a leg, right? And I took my whole leg off and, and, and my my leg said, well, I just want I just want to be by myself. I'm good. I'm I'm a big part of the body. I'm, I I do a lot for this body. I walk. <laughs> What one leg? What 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 is one leg gonna do by itself? <laughs> Half for five minutes and get tired, right? <laughs> so even if you're a big part of the body, what you see is that you need the rest of the body to fulfill your purpose and your goal and, and, and your aspirations in life. So as a church, if we are one body, the one body needs the rest of the body whether, whether to, to achieve whether the, the goal is big or small. So we need, we need one another. And in having one another, we are, we are therefore able to, to, to help other, one another, but also be the, be the, the body for Christ. Because Christ is the head and we are the body, so the body needs to be together so Christ can do what he needs to do. Or unless you thought that that was just a metaphor. So if Christ is the head and he's trying to get us, to, and he's trying to get the body to move in the way it needs to move, if we are fragmented, how are we ever going to do what God needs to do the way that we need to do it? And getting even more into that, did you not know that we can't worship, we can't be the church that God wants this congregation to be if we don't have all our members? Let me go, let me go for a little bit. Now, if half, of our con if half of the congregation was gone today, we would still worship. Right? I agree. We would still worship and we would give God all the praise that he is due and we would do it with boldness and, and, and with a lot of zeal, right? But will our best be the same as if the whole congregation was here doing their best? Absolutely not. So what am I saying? I'm saying no matter the fact that we can actually do stuff as a congregation, when part of the body is missing, we can't fulfill our fullest potential until the whole body is, is in attendance. If we're canvassing the neighborhood and trying to get people to, to, to learn about our church, would it benefit us to have the whole congregation there? Yes, because many, many hands make a light work. We would all be able to, to, to get in and we, we'll be able to fulfill a greater potential if, as if only 10 of us showed up. So I need you. You're important to me and to the congregation. Because when I'm down, there's, some, there's need for encouragement. When you're down, there's need for encouragement. When the church needs to complete a task that God has set for us to, to complete, we're in a better position if we're all together than it's been apart. So belonging to the body is understanding that no matter how I'm feeling that day, the person to the left and to the right of me is important. They're important to me, they're important to the overall body, and we all, we all are better, we're all in a better position if we're all here. If we're all here, we're all, we're all giving each other love, we're all encouraging one another, we're all pushing people to do their best. That's what the church is all about, right? Pushing each individual that, that attends the congregation to, to maximize their potential.
Because sometimes, if we're honest, we don't always see the potential in ourselves. But it may take a brother or a sister who sees it in us to get that out of us. Sometimes we may be a piece of coal. We may be, may be a dirty piece of rock. But you know what happens to, to that thing when it gets some pressure on it? What does it turn into? A diamond. Something that everybody in here be wanting to buy. Oh, that, that diamond looks so nice. <laughs> but without, the, without the, 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 the environment that it's in to help cultivate it and to have it be its best self, it would never reach there. It would never get there. So we are our brothers and sisters' environments. We ought to help each other, push each other, and love each other to be, to be great things and to do great things. For God. Can't, can't forget God. I think I, I, think I did well. <laughs> but I have, I have a few meditational thoughts that I want us to, to be thinking about. And it's, these are things that you, you may think about tonight. You may think about them throughout the week. But the, I think these are, are, are key things and good things for us to be thinking about as we go throughout our day. Um, the first one is, you are the church. We are the church. It is important for the church to meet. Again, you are the church. We are the church. And it's important for us to meet. It's important for us to physically meet. You know, virtual, if, it, for the, if the cause, if, if, it, if it's necessary, if you, if, you got, if you got COVID or something like that, virtual, we, we prefer virtual, right? <laughs> Nobody want to get sick. <laughs> But if you are physically willing and able, it's best to meet physically. You ain't, you, ain't getting, you ain't getting the same. You ain't getting the same energy, the same vibes when you're online. It's a difference when you're in person and you're worshiping and you can feel God being in the midst. And again, I do say God is in the midst because Jesus tells us where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am. So if he is there, why don't you, why don't, why don't you want to be where God is? He said, he said, two and three gather, there, there he is. So if you're by yourself and anybody else is gathered, what, is, what does that tell you about where you at? <laughs> that, that's telling us that, that he's not where you are. <laughs> like instantly, if, you're like, if, if there's an opportunity to meet with your brothers and sisters and you do not assemble with them, that's instantly telling us that God's not in, the, in your midst. He's not in your presence. So if you're a Christian... That's an obvious decision to make. Like, I, like I, I want to be where God is, so I'm going to be where God is. And if, whether I'm an introvert or not, I want to be where, where God is. So I'm going to go where he is. If, that's, if he's with my brothers and sisters, that's all the more great for me to be with my brothers and sisters. Because not only am I going to be with them, and all, not only are they going to encourage me, but I'm going to have God in the midst to encourage me as well. If God's in my midst, it's something about the company you keep, right? So if God is in my midst, that says that I'm going to go, I'm going to change, I'm going to be better because God is propelling me to do so and be there. The second meditational thought is the impact we can have on one another is immeasurable. You can't measure it. You can't measure the impact that we have on one another. And what I'm saying is that as we get more involved with our Christian but I, I'm saying this right now because I think this is important. Watch the words because the words are, are, are vital. They're very important. If I am with my Christian brothers and sisters, there's no telling what God can do with me. 
Let me rewind that. I said Christian brothers and sisters. We know everybody that come to church ain't no Christian. We know everybody who, who, who got flashed by some water ain't no Christian. I know everybody that, 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 that talks nice ain't no Christian. So when I'm with people who are about God's business, my growth is immeasurable. When I spend time who are about God's business, there's no telling what God can do with me. There's no telling where God can bring me from. I, can, I could have been a sinner and, 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 and a habitual sinner at that, and I, I could have been in a position where I wanted to do right but did not know how to do right. I could be in a position where, where I'm just struggling with my faith. But through my brothers and sisters, God could perform a miracle in me to allow me to grow and be a better person. And that's awesome. And the last meditational thought is, belong to the body is bigger than you. It's not about how you feel on any given day. It's like somebody who, who wants to be fit, but like, they didn't feel like going to the gym today. <laughs> so, so, so like they didn't go to the gym. Like, not realizing that that was a day or opportunity they missed to bring them closer to their goal. Right? So if we say that, we belong to the body, if we, if we make the choice to belong to the body, that is not something that is to be taken lightly. That is not a feeling. That is a decision. And that is commitment. So we talk about making a commitment. Commitment is like through, through, through no matter how you're feeling, I choose to be a Christian. So like the same way, the same way that when, you, like, and, and when a person gets married, you're choosing this, one, this, this woman or this man for the rest of your life. The same way that when you become a Christian, you're choosing God for the rest of your life. So if I'm choosing God for the rest of my life, that means that even when I, even, even when I, I may not feel like doing the right thing today, because I chose God, I, I'm still going to do the right thing because I know God is expecting me to do the right thing. And it's not going to be easy. Some days it's going to be hard. But the reality of it is we have our brothers and sisters to help us through it. That's why it's important we meet. That's why it's important that we, that we belong to the body. Because in, in knowing that you belong to the body, that means that even when, you, even when it's hard, even when it's tough, even when, even when things don't seem like, like, like you need or want to do it, you have brothers and sisters who can encourage you to do what God has called you to do. One of the hardest things to do is, is to live an upright life for God alone. You're calling yourself to fall because life going to beat you up. And I, I know the words I said, life will beat you up. <laughs> some of y'all think y'all are tough. Some of you guys think you're the toughest person out here that you, that, that, that you can fight. You, you, might, you might train to box, karate, taekwondo, whatever, jujitsu, whatever you know. But <laughs> you ain't got hands like life got hands. <laughs> Life will beat you up and, 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 leave you, and leave you for dead. And life will show you that you need other people. Life will show you you can't do it by yourself. But will you listen when life beats you up? Will, will, you, will you listen to God when God tells you you need your brothers and sisters? You need, you need to assemble. You need to be with other, Christ, other like-minded Christians. You need to be around people who, who think like you. The fool thinks he can be around anybody and remain true to himself. The fool. 
a person who thinks that they can hang around bad company or people who have the opposite objectives of their life. If, if you're a Christian, right, your objective, to, your objective of life is what? Above all, to serve, to glorify and serve God. That, that, if I'm a Christian, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying my objective is. So when I hang around other people where their objective is not the same, what's going to happen? We're going to bump heads. And one of us is going to compromise. Either you're going to compromise for God or you're going to compromise for what they do. And oftentimes or not, when, when we don't hang around other Christians and other people who have the same belief system as we do, we compromise the wrong way. We make the bad decision. Because why? That's the, stim- that's, that's the, the, the majority of the stimulus that we're receiving. Our, humans are really simple creatures. We, we go off a of stimulus. So basically, whatever we, we're constantly seeing, we begin to do. So if our stimulus, if, our, if we're constantly being stimulated by, by things of the world, it's going to draw us to, to participate in activities that belong to the world. If all, if all, the, if all the music and the, the TV and everything we watch is geared to a certain way of living life, you best believe when you, when you reflect on your, your, your own life, that's going to be the life that you're living. Yeah. Because that's what you're seeing. So if your stimulus is now God and his people and doing the right thing according to God's word, then what's going to happen when you reflect at your life? Your life is going to reflect God and living up to God's standards. So it's really simple. When we, when we really break it down, we look at it in a sense of what, who are we hanging ourselves with? Who, is, who are our, our, our influences? Who is influencing on a daily basis? Don't be the fool who thinks you do what you want to do and nobody can influence you. Understand that God is, a, is trying to influence you in the correct direction. And if you, and if you don't hang around his people, then there's no, there's no example to live off of. There's no physical example to live off of. We can read scripture all day long, but if we're not seeing it lived out in everyday life, it's going to be awful hard to make, to, to make an example of it. And it may be that, that, you have, that somebody in here ha, is good in one area and not another area. But we have to bounce off each other and, and, sh- and strengthen and balance each other out so we can be a congregation that really shines. Because it's not about shining as an individual, it's about shining as a collective. And as a, for, for a long period of time, in, in this area, and I'm, I'm pretty sure other areas, we have people who claim to be Christians who are about self-glorification. And that showed, and it showed to the world, which is why people were turned off from the church. But let's be a congregation, let's be a people who our goal is about God being glorified. So we, we, we worry about doing it as a collective rather, rather than individuals. And we come together and we strengthen one another through love and encouragement. I think you guys got the point. There may be somebody in here who is not a part of the body, who does not belong to God's family. I need you to know that there is no greater blessing to your life than to be a Christian, to be a child of God. To be somebody who understands and is honest about themselves to say, I ain't it. I ain't it. But he is. And it's okay that I ain't it. Some of us won't be so important. It's okay not to be important. You know, when you're important, there's a lot of pressure. It's important for us to understand that like, we may not be the, the end-all, be-all, but that he is. And if I, have, if I could just have an insignificant role in God's church, it's better than being a big role in the world. Because you know where the world's going. 
there's no better opportunity than the present to get your life together and get, and get down with God. Because with God, you won't die alone. Amen. With God, you won't die at all. I mean, your physical body may be gone, but your spirit will live on forever. And there's no better blessing than that. Like I said, there may be somebody who, who, who's, who's gung-ho on, on joining the body. There's no better time than now than to realize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he came down, lived a life to show us that it's possible to live a good life. He was a man when he lived on, when he lived on earth. He died on the cross and rose. And because of the fact that he rose, that means we can overcome sin as well. But all we got to do is live to God's standard and let him change us, let him work on our heart, let, let him develop us into who he wants us to be as Christians. And once you do that, there's no telling what you can do. And all he asks is that you get baptized for mission of your sins. You, you get washed. Washed. Not sprinkled, but washed. You go down in the water, your whole body covered behind your ears and everything. <laughs> and you come up a new creation, ready and eager and zealous to glorify God. And maybe somebody in the audience who is a Christian, and they, they like that little stubborn pinky that won't be by themselves. <laughs> they think they deserve all the space in the world. I need you to understand that you're doing yourself a disservice when you sit by yourself. You're doing yourself a disservice when you choose to be away from the saints because the saints are going to motivate you and invigor you to do what you, know, what you to do what you know that you should be doing. As well as you're, you're, you're missing the opportunity to motivate somebody else who might really need it. Or there might be somebody in the audience who needs the saints, who needs the brothers and sisters, who may be going through a tough time. You, you, you need your brothers and your sisters right now. And you just, you, you, you're just so glad that I preached a sermon today because this is an opportunity for you to let the church know that, that, that you need them, that you, that you can't survive without them. If you, if you sit in one of these, these three groups, we can wait for the prayer request to be filled out, right? Because we know that our brothers and sisters need us. And whatever we need to do to help them be who God has called them to be, let's do it. That is the lesson. If you have a response, please fill out prayer requests as we stand and sing.